on my talk 1071 I'm Steph March and I'm here with Miss Elizabeth Reese today. Oh my gosh, I what? finally get called up to the big leagues today. This is very exciting I to know. hang out with you. Good morning. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad you're here and I'm just your coffee smells insanely delicious. Listen, right I'm now. a real um I've got a bit of a coffee snobbery going on Do in you my really? life. Yeah, you know, I think the thing with coffee is that it's sort of I I think about coffee how I think about jeans, which is that you should spend yes. the most money and the most effort. Okay, I mean within yeah. reason, obviously. Within reason. On the thing that you do or use every single day. Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense to me to be like, oh I'm mean, my gosh, we're gonna have a special occasion and blow five hundred dollars on a bottle of wine. Right. To me it makes sense to go like I'm gonna buy really good coffee every day and yeah. I'm gonna enjoy that ritual every single day. Like I'm not gonna s- spend hundreds of dollars on a really fancy dress for one night out. Right. I'm gonna buy a really great pair of jeans that fit great that I feel good in every single day. Yeah. It's like I it's just I think it's I don't know. It's treating yourself with some respect. Well, I think also like living not putting it off. You know, don't you don't need to put it all off and hope that someday that there is like going to be this great grand living in life. If you can do it, do it now. Right. Do it now. Find the things that really like bring you joy. Yeah. And that's it. So, um, yeah, I'm into good coffee beans. and I have a fancy coffee maker and I use um, heavy cream in my coffee (laughs) from the brand Kelowna because they're low temp pasteurized and um, non-homogenized. And I love them. One does. And I just saw the nutritional weight and wellness girls on the way out. They were leaving as I was coming in and I was like, it's heavy cream in here. Yes. Seriously. They're always happy about that. I know whenever there's like a skim moment, I'm always like, people are I'm like, stop it. Just stop it. Oh boy. I know. I know. And I don't, and I, yeah. So, well, it's funny that you say that because, and not going to be that girl who just got back from Italy, but I am that girl who just got back from Italy. Yes. And I have to tell you that the first thing I realized was how much my coffee sucks now. Yeah. And like what I thought was, you know, I need to get an espresso machine and that's like that that thing where you feel like, you know, you're only doing good espresso because I got back from Italy. I know. But nonetheless, I realize like I'm drinking like huge canisters of medium grade coffee normally. Yeah. yeah. And when I can just have a couple little quick swigs of the good stuff and then I'm good. And have a great day. You know, I think that's a really beautiful thing about traveling. I'm so excited to hear about your trip to Italy because um, I think there's something so wonderful about going to countries, particularly like Italy, that that culturally seem to value the elevated daily living and really give you permission to enjoy your daily life versus yeah. here in America. We're like, you shouldn't be enjoying it. You should be hustling. Yes. Right. You like know? there's no time for that. You got to go. You, you got to go. go. You got to move. You got to, what you are you not go. doing enough? Yeah. You're not waking up at 4am. Did yeah. you work out today? Did you answer my email this morning at right. 4 when you woke up? Right. And right. so going on those trips can really help you to kind of go, Oh my gosh, I need to swing the pendulum yeah. a little bit that direction. Yeah. And just eating the things and enjoying Ugh. the things and um, 
And a food, you know, that's what you do here, though. You is, promote a beautiful food culture. Well, and I you're think doing the Italians' work. I am doing the Italians' work as as a daily project. But I mean, honestly, you guys, we're going to talk about prosecco on the next segment because it was that was my most eye opening uh, moment, I think, of the trip. But nonetheless, I have to tell you about the fact that this was a cruise, and that shocked me how much I enjoyed that. I went into this thinking, now, okay, just to level set, this was uh, a cruise on the Azamara line, and gorgeous, smaller boats, not a carnival cruise, not a big one, Um, and we basically hugged the shore. We started in Rome, we went to Sorrento, and then we scooted around, and we went up to Montenegro over on the Dalmatian side, so Mm -hmm. on the Croatian side, and then we went to Dubrovnik in Croatia, and then we went to uh, Sibenik, which is also a Croatian little city. And then we ended up in Trieste, Italy. And then, you know, the other kids, then we got off in Venice. I didn't see Venice. But nonetheless, so it was this whole Amalfi and Dalmatian coast voyage. And we really only had one day at sea, quote unquote, at sea. That's great. Otherwise, every day we woke up in a new city. And it was just like a traveling hotel. And this was the thing is I was kind of like, you know, is it going to be, am I going to be grossed out by the people? Is it going to be overwhelmingly like... Do I have to wait in line just for, you know, like coffee and all? You know what I mean? I just was worried that it was going to be so big. It was delightful. And it was small enough where that boat, everybody was spread out. People found the areas they wanted to be in. They did the things they enjoyed. They found, like, they were in their Windows Cafe. I didn't go to the Windows Cafe once, you know? And it was just because I was in other places. Did you have enough time to visit enough time in the port cities? We did. I think we did. And we we basically booked excursions on our own. Like yeah. that's we were using this as like kind of our big just our like giant bus. Mm-hmm. And um, we so we did have uh, we did things where we booked small tours, not through the ship. Um, so we went and we had people like take us up to their vineyards and we went to like we went to a couple of vineyards. We went to an organic lemon farm. Great. You know, in Sorrento where they make the limoncello. Oh, and man. They had their house, you know, their mom was in the kitchen cooking us lunch. Like it was, it was that kind of thing. And it was quite, I mean, it was really great to have that. The one thing I will say is that I didn't like that there was a curfew. Obviously you have to get back on the boat, right? Right. right. And so there were a few of us who, I mean, we pushed it. I'm we, not surprised by this new there stuff. Was at least two times that we were the last ones on the boat. Yeah. So. And there was like one time where they were waiting for us. We weren't late, but they were like concerned because everybody had been on the boat already for half an hour. And we're like, no, I mean, you said 930 and it's 920. So we're fine. Right. (laughs) That is, I think the hardest thing is the the watching of the clock and knowing that you can't just let see where the night takes you. You have to be like, okay, how much time do we have? Do we have time for one more drink? Right. Versus when you're staying at a hotel in a town, you always have time for one more drink. You always have time. Right. Right. So I, I think that that was, that was maybe the one thing that was hard. It was the curfew mm-hmm. moment. But nonetheless, you know, we, we kind of figured it out. And then so we're like, there'd be times when we would get up in the morning and run around the city before. Right. And, and then we do our tour and do mostly we did these sort of big lunches, yeah. you know, at these, at these local places. And that was fantastic too, to sort of have your big meal in the day and then just kind of be running around. And then by the end of the night, you kind of had a couple snacks. Did a lot of dancing till 2 a.m. That's what it happens. I've done um, some of these tours, you know, through Twin Cities Live, too. And I never thought like group travel would be something or even like cruising. And I will say, I think that the inconvenience that you just talked about, the conveniences far outweigh that one inconvenience. Like that one little bit of like, oh, I don't quite have as much control over my timeline as I was I would like. 
But on the other hand, you never have to plan how to get anywhere. No. You're not renting a car. No. no one's looking at directions. Right. No one. It, the like, time suck of that is really... even just like figuring out what's the best time to go to this place. Is my where's my ticket to the Blarney Castle? You know, like all these different things wherever you are in the world. Yeah. The convenience way outweighs that one tiny little loss of freedom. And I will tell you that the thing that was really funny to me, if we had done this same trip and done it like airports and buses and all that stuff um, and many hotels, all the things that happened on the trip that were like whoopsies, like lost luggage, missed flights, everything was bookended. Everything happened before we got to the boat and after we left the boat. Yeah. So everything else in between was smooth sailing. Pun intended. <laughs> and then everything else was this. But I mean, I have to say just and the people were lovely and I, the service, the Azamar crew was <sighs> spectacular. Okay, like, what's the best thing that you ate or like the thing that you're just thinking about? Because I can think because I've only been to Italy one time and I can I know the foods that I ate there that I came back and still am obsessed with. You know, I have to just say, I was literally on a ham trip. I really was. Like, I ate so much prosciutto. We ate duck prosciutto. That was outstanding. But the seafood, too. We were at this little winery, actually in Croatia, in this, in uh, Baraka Winery. And we had these, like, everyone kept putting little plates in front of us as we were snacking and tasting. And it was this fantastic, you know, um, like, seafood plate full of... (sighs) Like octopus, and there was like sea beans, and there was like, you know, little like leaves. I mean, it was just crazy good. Um, but I will also say there was a really huge, gorgeous plate of what's called uh, pasek. I think it's, I'm saying it wrong, pasek. And it's, um, a, it's a Croatian dish that they cook for like, like hours and hours and hours under ash. It's like a stew. And it was potatoes and lamb. And then there was a potatoes and octopus one. Yeah. It was outstanding. It was like Ugh. not your normal, like cacio pepe. Great. Had some good stuff. Yeah. You know, and like had a great tiramisu in Rome, you know, all those stuff. But, you know, it was like this, it was like the regional things that were killing me. Oh, it's so, so good. good. So, so good. Okay. We're going to take a break. We come back. I want to talk to you about Prosecco. And then I want to hear about it. I know. And then you guys, we're going to talk about, we've got a lot to talk about. Meat season is what I'm dubbing it. Get it. Love it. And then we have some callers in calling in. We have the Chips Clubhouse ladies calling about their Oktoberfest party. Uh, and we have Dara Moskowitz Grumdahl. Yes. We're going to talk about her new book. So it's a full show, guys. Stay tuned. This is the weekly dish on My Talk 1071. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. I'm Steph March with Elizabeth Reese today. Oh, my gosh. It's always fun to get to spend time with you, Steph. You know, I adore you. Plus, Bonus, we have Grant on the mic. I know, Grant. Grant is here this morning. Grant's in his twins jersey, just ready for some ballpark action today. Today's a big day. Is today the day? Today, three. I believe at 3.45 they play today. Yeah, they've got a big um, watch party at Target Field. (sighs) You can go for free, and you can go watch it in the stadium with other twins fans, which I think is really, very fun. I mean, like, would you guys drag your fans? You know, I'm not, because Jay is going to the Gophers game tonight. Um, He's got, like, clients in town or something, so they're going to go hit up, I think, Malcolm Yard's market because oh. Stephanie, I was basically playing Ask Stephanie on the radio at home oh, yeah. with Jay, who was like, well, we don't want to go to Stub and Herbs and Sally's. And I was like, no, you do no, not. No, you do not. No offense to them, but the bars are insane. If I could make one plea to the U of M campus, let the people drink on the streets yes. before a game. Yes. Agreed. These Great bars point. are totally Great it's point, crazy. right? Yeah. It's crazy. It's to- it's unsafe. I'm just I saying know. it. It's, it's unsafe. So it anyway, bad. I suggested going down to Malcolm Yard's market and then they could um, just zip down university and head to the game. And I think that's what he's going to do. But um, 
So we'll, I'll have the Twins game on. Okay, but we're not going to go. All right. I we might be going to. I might be taking uh, going to an orchard this afternoon with like the babies, and I'm thinking like. I mean, this may be right. If the game is on at that time, yeah. we may be able to like get in, <laughs> you know, to like those crazy orchards. Do you know which afternoon. orchard you're thinking of? Not sure which one yet. Not sure. It's my daughter's picking it, so I'm not sure which one she wants to go to. Oh, there's just so I many know. good ones. It's so, so many good. So I've been many hearing good. so many good things about Ferguson. People are loving that. Well, that's the old sponsors, yeah. Minnesota Harvest, which right. is so perfect. And I mean that, yeah. And you're down there right by the Minnesota's largest candy store, so it's a one-two punch. Sounds like people really love it. My mom um, took my kids to Sweetland Orchard um, oh, a few hey, weeks. Ago when we were out of town, I know, and I just had Gretchen on um, Minnesota Live a few weeks ago. She was in talking about her apple CSA. Oh, uh, that it. she's doing this season, and you can get apple cider donuts and apples and hard cider and then fresh cider mm. all as part of a CSA this fall. Um, but I keep recommending Sweetland Orchard because if you want just a little bit more of like a low key yeah. family orchard experience, and I, I love like, you know, the scarecrows and the hay rides and the corn pit, all that stuff is fun, but it's a, it's a different level vibe than yeah. Sweetland orchard. So if you want a little bit more of like a, Hey, this place grows 200 different kinds of apples. Yeah. Come here, come here. Check it out. Oh my God. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of farms. Yeah. So let's talk about this. So one of the, on, 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 like I was saying on the, on the trip to Italy, we did a lot of excursions. Um, we kind of really hit the cities for what they were. Like for Sorrento is sort of the limoncello and the lemons grow in this, you know, this is sort of, that's definitely like in the heart of the Amalfi area. There's right. Capri, there's, you know, you see Mount Vesuvius and, the, and, you know, I mean, it was, but like that soil is perfect for these. And by the way, the farm there, I mean, like it's, eight, I said, so how many acres? And she's like, well, it's eight acres. But it's vertical too. Like the fact that it's a terraced farm yeah. is is crazy. The amount of things and that are growing there that are also stacked on top of each other. Isn't that amazing? It's insane. And so the way that they have to do agriculture is so different from us. Um, but so I want to talk about prosecco because that's like a very hot thing, you know. And everyone loves their prosecco. And I've kind of always been so going to Trieste is the is there's the town of prosecco, mm-hmm. and there's. Um, we need, we're like, well, we need to go to the birthplace, you know, and pay our homage. And um, it was really interesting because the woman who took us through, she has a vineyard called Klin, K-L-I-N. And her name is uh, his Katarine. And she's like, it was really funny because after like five minutes of her fast talking and like starting the whole tour, uh, one of the ladies, uh, Salsa Lisa, looks at me. She's like, this is like a, a Slovenian smarch. <sighs> like, she's like, this is you from over here. And I was like, Really? But I got to tell you, this woman was outstanding. She was like, I will tell you, I am your vintner. I'm the, I'm the farmer. I'm your server. I'm your cook. I'm your host. I am the person who harvests. I bottle it. I bring it to market. The whole thing. This woman is a one woman show. Whoa. And, and she does this all on her family's land, um, in this tiny little town. And, we basically what was so interesting to me is like she said so my grandfather you know you say she goes i am slovenian and she said you think that um she's like i was born here but and so technically you might think i'm italian but i'm telling you i'm slovenian because when my grandfather uh was here he was born here in this house and you know his papers say he's slovenian and then when he got married um it was it was Austrian. His papers say he's Austrian. And then by the time he died, you know, his death certificate says he was Italian. And he said, she goes, he never left the same house. It was the same house 
And then the borders moved. Wow. If you consider about who occupied that territory over those years, it's Slovenian, but then it became Austrian during the war because Austria had taken and annexed the area, but then Italy won in the end, and that's who has it now. Isn't that fascinating? (laughs) And so she's like, so I'm Italian because that's, you know, where I was at the time I was born and it has been Italy. She's like, but my family roots are Slovenian. Yeah. And so she's like, so I say I am Slovenian. That's really beautiful. I know. And it was really interesting because she said that her grandfather, you know, had sold off some of their lands, you know, during the tough times and she is working really hard to get them back. And so she's slowly becoming this farmer who's like got this little plot of land that she's working like crazy. And then she's trying to like buy little pieces left. Okay. Does she have kids? Is she married? No. She's on her own she's doing on all her this. Own. In fact, she told us much about her dating life, which was awesome. Hilarious. Telling I love us that it. she's only going to have a boyfriend during the winter because that's the only time she can have anybody occupying her brain. <sighs> Listen, I think putting time restrictions on that kind of stuff is it, great. It was so fascinating. <laughs> and so for her, she said, so there's, and I'm not going to get too deep into like the regions, but there's a couple. There's a region that's not too far from where she's growing. In the the town is called Prosecar. Prosecar. Not Prosecco, but she's like, what happens when the border changes? They add, they make the ta- town Italian, you know, because mm-hmm. the Italians own it. So they added an O, Prosecaro, Prosecco. So now it's that, you know, and it's so, and so she's saying that the funny thing is, is that the grapes that are from this area have a specific, there's the, there's a whole limestone story to the plateaus and the way that things grow. Right. But the grapes um, are this specific, uh, I want to say they're, they're gala. I'm going to say the wrong name and I can't remember. I'm sorry. I should have written it down, but there's a specific grape that, you know, is supposed to be Prosecco mm-hmm. and now it, but it should be like in Chianti, you know, and it, like you, the things like you make Chianti in Chianti. And so they're trying hard to get that designation. Right. But the problem is that grape has now been, is growing all over the place. It's everywhere. And they're calling it Prosecco grape, even though it's really like the Gala grape. So it's sort of kind of similar to like the Champagne region of France. Right. Only wine grown, grapes grown, and then... Can be called Champagne. And then produced in the Champagne style. But those grapes grown across the street can be called Cremant. Yeah. And so that's what she's saying. She would like it rather if we could have that Prosecco be that grape and only be called Prosecco in Prosecco. Okay, so how was her Prosecco? It was... She's doing natural. She's doing... She did a pet gnat. And if you guys have heard me talk about that, because I'm fascinated with it, which is a petulant natural is what the sort of like the idea of a pet net is. It does its fermentation in the bottle. In the bottle, yeah. And so that way it is a little bit of a funkier state because what they do is they bottle it and while the sugars aren't done eating or the yeast isn't done eating all the sugars and sending up all the bubbles, so the bubbles are forming in the bottle instead of it finishing once... And becoming wine, and then they add the they add the carbonation, or you know later. The so the carbonation later. is produced by natural. the gas of the yeast eating the sugar the versus natural. like injecting yes. the like basically soda streaming. Yes, your your wine. Your wine. Yeah, and it is a it's so it's called the first fermentation, and it is spectacular. And it's like they eat, and it's natural yeast from the air, so it gives you this like very natural feeling, delicious, spectacular. And just changes your mind about if you've had some sweet Proseccos, this was not it. Boy, the it words natural delicate. yeast from the air, yeah. I love. I know, <laughs> I know. So I'm going to write a little bit more about it because I have a really cool thing that they do. Actually, I'm going to tell you about it when we come back from the break before we get into meat season, but we'll be right back. Woo-hoo. This is a weekly dish. All right, 
right, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Hey, listen, I want to wrap up one more thing about that Prosecco moment to let you know before we get into meat season, because I'm definitely here for that, (laughs) Um, is that we heard about this tradition that happens in their region because they're because there's so much there's high taxes and they know that they're small producers and they sort of have this idea that they are um, allowed you know, because they are sort of like the birthplace of this very popular, you know, this crazy wine. And I, there's a whole bunch of reasons for it. But there's like one time and one circumstance where they don't have to um, they don't have to pay taxes is if they sell the bottles out of their house. Oh. And so these wine, these houses, she brought us down to like these hills and these terraced vineyards. And she said, it, there's this thing called an I think it's called an Omaritza. And again, I'm going to write all this up for you. So you don't have to write it down right now. But basically, there is this tradition where they kind of this guy was getting his house ready as we were there because it's post harvest. Right. And so he's like cleaning his house and mowing his lawn and getting table set up. And it's basically like you wander these villages and you find a little arrow that points in a different like a little sign. That's an arrow, a wooden arrow stuck in the ground with a vine on it. And it has to be an ivy vine. If you find a sign with a red arrow with an ivy vine, follow that arrow because then you get to just follow it to some guy's house and he's like, hey, welcome. And he has his whole back patio set up and you just drink his wine. Yeah. And it's just like you pay him like a euro or two or whatever, like a couple bucks. And then they just pour you all the wine, give you some cheese plates and it's all like tax free and it makes them money. This is amazing. Isn't that nuts? I'm like, where and how? And we're like, do we get one now? Is there one today? She's like, it's not yet for us here. But she was like, that's a thing that there's like a website that you can find these all over. Oh, I want to do the follow the Ivy Vine tour. Follow the Ivy Vine. That's amazing. Isn't that sort of like, that's just so, that's just like this small town where people are like part of this life. And it's Mm -hmm. not a giant, I mean, there are no tourist buses could fit into any of those roads. And not that I'm knocking that part of it. I'm just saying that it's authentic and it's really real living. Is what it is. And, and you're getting to know somebody doing something really yeah, cool. And we got a little part of it. And I was very, I was very excited to be there for that. And, oh, that's great. Yeah. And, and you, you got to pay her, which is amazing. Yeah. And that's, we kind of said, we're like, you need to charge more. <laughs> we're like, girl, you need to, she's like, I'm also working as, you know, sommelier in these restaurants and they want her wine, but she's not selling her wine. She's only using her wine for the people who come to her vineyard. Wow. And she was like, so how many acres? She's like, not even, not one acre she has right now. <gasps> she has under an acre, but she's bottling a couple hundred bottles of wine, using it for people who come to visit so she can educate them and taste them on her wine. I've been researching a lot on how much you can grow in like a third of an acre. Yeah. And seeing these like people do these drawings or these sort of mock-ups of what you can put in and you can feed your family off of Less than a quarter of an acre, which yeah. is so fascinating to me. Ugh. And um, and shows we could all be growing some more food. We could definitely get yourself a fruit tree, people. On, let's go. Well, it is Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So let's we are going to talk a little bit about because when I came back, I was worried that I know you guys had the worst weather ever while I was gone. It was humid and hot. Very hot. But we've now, I think, come into the part where, like, shall we braise some meats? I feel we like shall. It's braising season. I had some pulled pork in the slow cooker you yesterday did. that then I crisped up in a pan. And um, my way. daughter and my husband, the boys were kind of like, whatever. But the other two were just thought it was the best thing ever. I should post the recipe, too. By the way, it's, um, if you, you know, the defined dish. I don't know if you're familiar no. with her. Uh-uh. She's a blogger. She's based in Austin. I can't remember her name, but the blog is The Defined Dish. 
Her cookbook is so good. And some blogger cookbooks are great and some are not. Mm-hmm. Hers is so good. And so I used her carnitas recipe. Ugh. And it it's really great because it's just, you know, you kind of sear the pork, but then you put in um, orange juice, a little bit of broth, uh, juice of lime, apple cider vinegar. The kick, The trick is to really kick it up with the acid. Yeah. So then yep. it has a nice little bit of punch through the fatty pork yep. flavor. It's Done. delicious. And yeah, now I have pulled pork like moho, for days. Right. I'm a whole pork. Have you, yeah. Like that's kind of what I'm vibing off that one. Yes. With the orange juice. Yeah, it was great. But now I'm totally with you. I'm all about like the braised meats, the meal planning, planning it out, making one big hunk of meat and then making it work for a few meals. Well, I was interested you put this link up about the Calabrian chilies because, of course, I ate a bunch of Calabrian chilies just recently. And I was like, oh, yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. OK, so I made this pot roast recently and we'd made it on Twin Cities Live. Um, gosh, probably now a couple of years ago. And I kept thinking about it. You yeah. know, that's a recipe then that I want to make. Yep. So it's a pot roast. And the recipe comes from Natalie at the Olive Grove, which is that cute olive oil store in um, Mendota Heights. Yes. And what is so cool about it is that it's tons of flavor And you know how a pot roast can sort of be one note? Yeah. And like you don't want to eat the leftovers because it's just like, here we are again. Yep. With this. It's like I get so excited for it. It smells so good in the house. And then I eat it. And then I'm like, okay. There's so much left. And then I kind of keep looking at it like, oh. I know. I ate this pot roast for three days in a row and was still not sick of it. And the secret ingredient are these Calabrian chilies. So since you just came back from Italy, the area, it's so perfect. So you can buy jars of Calabrian chilies. You can, I mean, Natalie has them at the Olive Grove, but like also, you know, Lunds and Byerly's, like all those places have them. And it's Ugh. basically chopped up in oil, these bright red spicy chilies. And so this recipe is so good because it only contains um, a couple of tablespoons of these Calabrian chilies. Yeah. Oh, I think one. Yeah. And then it has um, olive oil, balsamic vinegar, tomato paste, garlic, um, and then some Italian seasoning and it is the pot roast itself is amazing. So I bought a Peterson meats pot roast and, um, oh, and made it in the slow cooker. Fantastic. You don't even have to sear the meat. You just put it all in the slow cooker. That's how easy this is. Wow. And then let it sit all day. I took the big piece of meat out, set it on a tray to rest. And then I, cranked up the heat my slow cooker i have that instant pot slow yep, cooker yep. so you can crank up the heat so if you don't have that you're going to need to transfer the sauce to a pot yeah um crank it up to just reduce it a little bit yep, yep. and then immersion blend it oh and it turns into this like silky and kind of spicy delicious sauce that we spooned over the pot roast and it was a little bit too spicy for the kids the yeah. sauce part but the yeah. meat wasn't the meat wasn't so for us it was like such a great blend because like jay and i love the heat yeah so we spoon this spicy sauce over the pot roast you wanted it. and then for the kids we just gave them you know i made some mashed potatoes on the side and and oh whatever God, that sounds so, good. so we'll link we linked up that recipe and i'm telling you it is it's like jay couldn't believe it we were like this is top notch this is the best pot roast that we've ever had. Yeah. And I remembered it from the show and then wow. made it and it was still that good. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. I love that. And I love the idea of, you know, of those Calabrians just giving it a little bit of a bite. I know. Jay's been making to this um, linguine with calamari and those Calabrian chilies. When you buy those Calabrian chilies and then start looking up ways to use them, if you yes. like a little bit of heat, you're going to be obsessed with them. Like it'll be your new favorite pantry ingredient and they stay forever in the fridge. So you use a tablespoon out of the jar. Yes. 
you can use it again two months later. In fact, we did. We were at a muscle farm. We had a little restaurant that was like on the ocean, on the water, yeah. and it was like there was they were muscle finish fishermen. They weren't. It wasn't a farm. They were just fishermen. But they also had this little restaurant, and they were making. I mean, like the spiciness inside, like doing some mussels yeah. with like a little bit of peppers in there is the is really great. That white wine broth kind of a thing. Yep. Oh, so good. It's so good. Um, and the other thing that I had recently on the show that was so delicious, you know, I like to like give you the highlights from Twin Cities Live. I do love it. Um, Ted Farrell, who, of course, um, owns Haskell's yeah. and he is such a great cook. He just, you know, what I love about him, too, is that he really beautifully pairs wine with food, he which is so do fun. And um, and he doesn't take it too seriously, but he made this this Tuscan steak in a dry skillet stuff. Really? So he took the New York strip. Yep. He salted it, and then he used a dry skillet and just put it in there. Let it sit for a couple minutes. Flipped it over. He did this all live on television, like start to finish. Start That's to finish. how fast this steak is. And then he adds um, olive oil. And then a bunch of fresh rosemary. So just like grab your rosemary from your garden, grab a big spear of it, put it in there. And then you sort of, um, you know, just let it all marry together. And then he puts the steak back in. So cook the steak, take it out, out. let it sit, add the olive oil and the rosemary, slice up the steak, put it back in. Oh, and then let that olive oil and rosemary permeate the inside of those steak pieces. Wow. Then set it out on a platter, pour the rest of the olive oil over it, eat that like with some bread, and you have a full, delicious meal. Ben Lieber and I, my co-host, we were like, Ted, <laughs> what <laughs> is happening here? And I'll tell you, I'm not always a huge fan of the New York Strip. Like I, I know, kind of am just of like, like whatever. Fine. It was amazing. Oh my God. I'm ex- that is, you know, I tend to do by the ribeyes and then do the reverse sear on them. Right. You know, stick them in the oven until I feel like it gets and then bring them back out and do like the butter pour, you yeah. know, and like the tilted skillet thing. Which is delicious. Which is delicious. It does make it so buttery and beautiful. But sometimes I kind of feel like, OK, now I need to do something else. This is a five minute operation. And I know, you know, a lot of people, I think, just cook for themselves. Yeah. Like. And I tend to will make something just for myself too. Sometimes, like if Jay's gone, and then I'll feed the kids, feed the and then kids I'll a make thing, something. And then you'll do yeah, your own. I mean, and um, and this is a great way to do that. It was so over the top good. Oh my god, I'm excited for that. Okay, mm-hmm. and you love your Peterson meets people. They are so incredibly. Yeah, if you want to check it out, I just did a story on them for Twin Cities Live within the last couple of months, and I went over to Osceola and talked to Ryan and Andy from Peterson Craftsman Meats, and you know, I think. We sometimes forget how lucky we are talking about, you know, you're just talking about Italy and the most beautiful land to grow things. The St. Croix River Valley is that here. It is so magical. And the care that they put into raising their animals and how they treat them and their absolute dedication to making the soil better, which in my opinion is like it is the key to the environmental crisis. We just have to get to the soil. Yeah. And um, he, they just are really amazing. And you, it reminds you, I think when you, if you watch the story and you can meet them and you can just hear them talk about how they raise their meat when you see it at the co-op or if you order it directly from them, yeah, you will feel so much more connected to it. Oh um, and then I went to North Star Bison in Cameron, Wisconsin too, uh, last week. And I'm looking forward to that story airing on Twin Cities Live, too. That's exciting. I would love, I can't wait to watch that because I am so interested in the bison products. They are 
incredible. Sean yeah. there is just over the top. And to see these herds of bison, um, it it sort of it brings you back to like, you know, you're on this land and, you know, my people didn't originally live on this land, but I have grown up here. And when you're on the ground and feeling connected to it and seeing these bison that you, if you can imagine uh, hundreds of th- millions of them yeah. roaming and how that has completely been annihilated and yeah. what they're doing over there to sort of bring that back in a way that works in the modern world. Because yeah. we can't just they can't just graze over 94. Right. Um <laughs> It's really beautiful. Oh my god! Okay, that's exciting. Yeah. Do you know when that's going to air? Um, no, I'll okay. keep you posted. You'll, you'll I'll, I'll send it to you guys so you can talk about okay. it. But I think it's going to air in the next couple weeks. I'm excited. I'm excited. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. It is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, so feel free to give us a call six five one six four one one zero seven one, and we'll take your questions, your comments, and concerns. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on my talk one zero seven one. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this sunny Saturday. This is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, you guys. 651-641-1071 if you want to give us a call and ask a question. I know that someone did call earlier and they were asking what the name of the cruise line was. And it's Azamara. Azamara is the cruise line and the the boat we were on was called Onward. Uh, the Azamar Onward, if you want to Google it. And there's some YouTube stuff that's real great. Like, I hope you'll make tours. some of the promotional videos in the Oof, future. I wonder. Be wonderful. I, I don't doubt it. And also, <laughs> wanted to shout out Peak Travel. P-I-Q-U-E Travel is the organization, uh, the company in Excelsior, who my friends, Jim and Linda, they're the owners. They're my high school buddies. Jim is. And we we put this trip together. Uh, Peak and I did as far as planning it and coordinating it. And I couldn't have done it without. I mean, I yeah. couldn't have done this by myself. Right. So Peak Travel is definitely. And they, in fact, some of the ladies on the trip are going onward. They're like in Venice still, still sending me pictures. And he, they helped them, you know, kind of find their way and do some other things. So. It's a really great organization. So good. Love Peak Travel. Wonderful. All right. Uh, I think we have Brian on the line. Do we not? Brian, are you there? Yep, I'm there. How's it going? Well, good. I saw both Stephanie's and Granite at the fair, but we have to ask Elizabeth what the best thing she had at the fair. Oh, oh what's man. Your favorite, what was your favorite thing? This is difficult. Um, I I kind of think Yia Vang won the fair. Yeah. I mean, I just the think that, yeah, that bun was so good. And I just wanted to keep eating it. And those cold noodles were so good. Oh, I love the noodles the best. I yeah, know that was they're like- just wonderful. And so I'm just so excited for everything that Yia Vang is coming out with and everything he's doing. And it's just, just like some crisp, some spicy, some unexpected, some interesting is what totally won the fair for me. Good. All right. Good. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Brian. Thank Thanks, you. Brian. Bye. All right, we have anybody else? What's yeah. happening here uh, with this uh, yeah, machine? You got eighty-five Every- monitors over there. Yeah, Steph. everyone is out in the uh, everyone is out in the sunshine. Hopefully today, you and can like, let us know living you, your best life. Yeah, if you have questions. Um, I did want to say uh, we. I want to talk about your margarita recipe. You said because oh, yeah. this to me was like it's so funny that you said this because I literally I totally agree with you and I've gone from like thinking about things in like concoctions and all this stuff into let's just get elemental with our cocktails we got to simplify things yeah um i tried a life-changing margarita on twin cities live and this was rachel perrin from yeah. kowalski's Who's so fabulous she's so good by the way and yeah. you know she writes for their magazine and um real pro with the recipes i mean her recipes are great so she she stopped by the show the other day and she was making this tequila lime chicken which was fantastic yeah and then she threw together at the last minute a quick margarita and she didn't really think that much of it she was just like oh i have these ingredients i'm just going to make this margarita for them to try and then ben and i were like what What? 
And here's the trick to it. You are not going to have to write this down. I know. No it is, writing it down. It's going to be seared into your memory. Okay, everybody work with me here. One part tequila. Yeah. One part lime juice. One part pineapple juice. A little dash of honey. I kid you not. It is so, so. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You ever get that feeling where you know you need to get something off your chest? Holding stuff in really becomes a stressor. Things you want to mention to your boss, your partner, your parents. Bottling it up only makes things worse and start to make our life go sideways. But what can we do about it? Therapy is a great safe space to get things off our chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just putting those bottled up words out into the universe can be a big help, especially when it's in a safe space with your therapist. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You start by filling out a questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no charge. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Weekly Dish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Weekly Dish. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Oh, good. And so however big or small you want to make your margarita, yeah. if, you know, if you want it Chi-Chi style, you can make a picture of it and you can just do one part, one part, one part. But the trick was the pineapple juice adds just the right amount of sweetness while not competing too much with the tart. When you do tequila with just lime, it's too tart and yeah. it's like bitey. Yeah. And then the tequila and the lime juice compete. The the pineapple juice is the friend that they need to round up the group. Yes. And then just a little bit of honey. The honey actually, I think, also just helps with the texture of the drink a little bit. Just yeah. like makes it a little bit Viscous. smooth. Yeah. Yeah. One part tequila. One part lime juice, one part pineapple juice, a little bit of honey. Have I seared it into that your memory? That is pretty easy. Do you want me to write a song about it? I think you should. I think you should write a, like a haiku or something. Oh, you know? That's it. The margarita has been overcomplicated for years. Oh, so overcomplicated. And she just poured those things over ice. But you could shaker it. You could blend it. You could do whatever you want. But I'm telling you, the flavor was unreal. I was starting to drink just tequila on its own with ice and like a little salty you know, rim. I do tequila because on its I was own like, all the time. Yeah, because I was just sort of like, I just felt like everything got so sweet and over complicated and like, or too tart. Yeah, and too, and just like it just felt like you were drinking half, and you're kind of already feeling like the heartburn or something. And so, I was, I was just drinking tequila on the rocks with just a little, like a little teeny, like teeny little spritz of lime, but I was not satisfied. I do tequila on the rocks all the time and and do enjoy it. But if when you want a margarita yeah. and you want like a cocktail, this was great. You want me to repeat it one more time? Yeah, one part do tequila. It, do, it, do it. One part lime juice. Lime juice. One part pineapple juice, pineapple juice. A little bit of honey. Yeah. Do it and report back. I mean, I think that's undersung. Oh, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. 
Rachel's a genius. Well, and the idea too of, and to me, like doing that in like a little bit of a shaker, I'm not saying you don't have to blend it and you don't want to, I just want to like kind of zhuzh it up a little bit. You know, like that break helps up with the, the ice honey. a tiny yeah. bit. I just want a little bit of fragmentation to it and yeah. that kind of gives like a little bit of goodness. Yeah, you got to use a runny honey. <laughs> yeah, you do. That is the hardest part. All of my honeys are just sitting there in their block form right like now. Like that really raw honey I do yeah. love, oh but it's God. solid. Where do you spray. get your honey? What do you? What's your favorite honey? Um, really raw I like, and you can get that at lots of co-ops or yeah. you can order it online. I mean, I love like Ames Farm. Yeah. I, mean, I'll, I just picked up a quart of honey. I was in Madison a few weeks ago um, for the weekend, and we went to the farmer's market in Madison because you have to go because mm-hmm. it's such a good farmer's market. Yeah. It's so great. And um. And so I just found a honey producer and bought a quart of it. So I'm I'm not totally loyal to whatever. It's just if the honey shows up, I will enjoy it. I will be there. I used to have, uh, I had friends who had, you know, we called it the Johnson Farm. You know, it was just basically they had like chickens and they had, they kept bees. And so we would get this honey and I haven't seen them in so long that I'm kind of like, oh, I kind of need some more honey, you know, because it was so good. I would love to do bees in my backyard. Yeah, do you think you could? Um, I I could. You have to try to catch them. That's what um, I understand. Yeah, you can get you can get them, and then you have to. It's a little bit of a process, as the Canadians say. But a process. You, you can do it, um, and you can have them in an urban setting, but you have to get a permit for it, and you have to you have do. it like you, you do have to have the hives. I think fenced off if you don't have a big enough land. But like Dowling Community Garden, they have huge yeah, hives there. That's true. Um, our golf club, Town and Country Club, they have hives on the roof and they collect honey and then sell it. It's great. Yeah, every vineyard we went to had had hives and they're like, it's just part of the you know, they're just out here, you know, pollinating everything. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's important. You know, we have chickens, we have garden and so I think having bees would yeah, be Yeah, really that would be amazing. Yeah, it'd be amazing. It's really funny when you finally like get to the place where you're not swatting at the bees because they're just near your stuff. Like the where you don't have to like shriek because there's a bee on your grappa, you know? It's like, you know, it's fine. You're happy to they're see them. They're just here. They're just here doing their job and they're not here to attack you. And without them, we'll all die. We'll <laughs> die, actually. Those are the centers of life. So your big meaty mitts swinging at them is not great. So don't do it. I know. I love that. The more we can do to protect the bees, the yeah. better off we are. Getting back to apple orchards, actually, though, because <laughs> there are so many bees at the apple orchards that like ended up. Uh, I had a friend. She was telling me that she took uh, she was with her sister and her sister's kids. And she ended up uh, eating an apple cider brat, like with the stuff on it. And yeah. she didn't really, she ate a bee. She took a huge bite and ate a bee. And it was like, should she worry about this? You know? And so she was like, I don't know. And so she called up one of our friends who was a friend who's a nurse and was like, uh, she's like, you know, I just, I kind of want you to like take some antihistamines and, you know, cause there could be stinging on the way down that you're no not way. feeling. Yeah. Cause it was alive. Yeah. Yeah. And she's fine, everyone. So just, you know, she's fine. But she did end up like she was in the ER and then she was like, well, she sat there for three hours and they're like, well, she's like, it's fine. Wow. I know. All right, guys, we'll be right back with Weekly Dish Part 2.